question, with the injuries you're suffering, does this make you change your trade uh, um, program going into the trading deadline, or are you just still on the same program you would have been if everybody was healthy? I will be on the same program. Uh, we, you know, we expect our players back um, before the playoffs start. Uh, in Nick Cronwell's case, um, you know, he's skating. I still think he's probably, we don't have a definitive uh, date, but, but certainly think that in the next two weeks, there, give or take a few days, he's going to be back in our lineup. And uh, in Dan Cleary's case, uh, um, we think, Definitely think he's going to be ready for the the start of the playoffs. Hopefully, he can play uh, uh, a couple of league games before we go in. So, uh, you know, I think injuries are a part of um, uh, a part of the league. And uh, you know, there's lots of teams around the league that have had real key injuries, and they've found ways to win games. And that's what we're going to have to do. You sense this year that the teams won't be as willing to give up so much to get rental players. Well, I'm as interested probably as everybody. You know, I've, I've had some, you know, the calls are slowly starting to come in now, you know, from, uh, you know, general managers basically saying, you know, we're on the bubble and, uh, you know, we're going to see here over the next week or 10 days whether we're a buyer uh, or a seller. And, and uh, you know, if you look at last year's trade deadline, there was some real steep prices paid. Um, and ultimately only eight teams can win a playoff round. And when you look at the... Um, the way the CBA has, I think we're three years into the CBA and we're starting to get a, in my opinion, getting a real feel that the draft, the developing, and the back end of your roster have to be cheaper players. If you don't have those players through the draft and through development, uh, where do you get them? And I, I, I think teams are going to have to make harder decisions about uh, trading uh, first round picks and real, a real good real good prospects. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I think it's going to, as we go along here, it's going to be harder and harder to do just because of the way the, uh, the you know, the way the, the CBA is starting to flush itself out now. We're starting to get into the system. And you, uh, I know in our case, you know, we've got 15 players on our roster that make a million two or less. And over the next two or three years, some of those players will retire. Some of those players will move up into our group where we're going to pay them more how do you fill out the back end of the roster if, if we continually trade away high picks and, and, and prospects? On the flip side, Jim, what I guess is when you get a chance to, to a legitimate chance to anybody that makes the playoffs, in my opinion, can win the Stanley Cup. When you get a, what you think is a legitimate chance to go for a long playoff run, it's hard not to spend some assets um, to try to go in a long playoff run. So I think every team depends on the depth of your prospects. I think it depends on where your team is at age-wise. And I think different decisions for different teams certainly expect to see uh, lots of trades between now and uh, trade deadline day. I'm interested, like everybody else, to see uh, who's going to step up and, and uh, pay some steep prices. But I, but I certainly think that in, in two or three players' cases, you hear some rumors out there that, that some teams are going to, somebody's going to pay some, uh, a pretty good price. Our next question comes from Calvin Allen with USA Today. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Um, two questions. One, you know, when we, when the uh, CBA, new CBA came aboard, there was a lot of talk about how GMs had to adjust their thinking uh, and maybe accept the idea that, uh, you know, guys were going to ride off into the sunset in free agency and you weren't going to get anything in return. But I, I've taken note, and I wonder if you agree with this, that it has, has been more difficult um, than uh, maybe anyone anticipated for general managers to sort of get away from that thinking that you know, even now, um, do you agree that it's still hard for GMs not to get anything? 
hard for them to say, well, I'll just play it out, or, or do you think that they are crossing over in that? Well, I think, you know, if you're a playoff team, uh, you know, obviously in our case, we've, you know, we've, you know, Dan Cleary's an unrestricted free agent, and Andreas Lilly is an unrestricted free agent, and, you know, Hasek and Chelios are a little different circumstances because of their age. Um, I think, you know, teams that have got, um, again, a chance to go for for a for a long playoff run, you're either going to, you know, you're going to hang on to your unrestricted free agents and deal with it, you know, prior to July 1. And then in some cases, playoff teams are even acquiring players who are going to be unrestricted free agents because when you get a chance to go for it, uh, you want to go for it. But I think what's happening, you know, the feeling coming into the new CBA was, you know, on, on, on July 1st, there was going to be lots of players to choose from and players were going to move around. And I think what's happened is we've all realized with free agency working its way to 27, teams are tying up their players for long term. And, and, and I think you're going to see less and less of the top players hit the, hit the market on um, on July 1st. And, and to me, that really puts uh, the importance on drafting and developing. And, and uh, uh, you need you need to have homegrown talent because uh, you can't rely on uh, you, you can't rely on July 1st. It's just uh, you know the players that do hit the market. There's everybody's got money. Everybody, lots of teams have cap space, so there's no guarantee you're going to get a player. It's important that you draft and uh, and develop. And again, that's you know kind of dovetails what we had talked earlier about you know how aggressive do you get. You know, what's something we're 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 internally deciding. Uh, uh, you know, we we kind of know some of our assets that we'll trade, and and there's assets that we won't trade, and uh, because of uh, the importance of of of, um, of 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 the way the CBA works. And a second question, it's a different subject. Um, can you just uh, give your perspective on your on your goaltending? I mean, obviously Mike Babcock is. You know, said all along that uh, Don was uh, still the guy, but Ozzy has played uh, you know well throughout the season. Uh, how, how do you view the goaltending situation? Well, we like our one-two punch. Um, you know, I th- I think that uh, you know we feel that 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 we have a real strength that we can we, we're comfortable with with either guy. Uh, I still think heading down the stretch, Dom's the guy. You know, he, he's we won the cup with him in 2002. Uh, last year he took us to the final four, um, but really uh, Mike's, Mike Babcock's plan, you know, going back probably a month ago, was basically to to rotate them one, you know, game for game <clears throat> until we get into probably about the last 20 games, and and uh, you know that would do. We thought it would do two things: one, it would keep them both sharp; um, two, uh, we wouldn't wear either one out. You know, Dom's 43, Chris is 35, and down the stretch here, the last. 15 to 20 games, I think uh, Mike is going to lean on one guy a little more than the other, you know, maybe 60-40 instead of 50-50 or, you know, two-thirds, one-third to, to get to get somebody uh, uh, ready for the playoffs. I'm expecting it's going to be Dom, That's and uh, but but certainly, you know, I think the Chris Osgood really has come back to Detroit and he's accepted the role of being um, the number two guy. He's built a relationship up with Dom, and I think he's comfortable that uh, that, uh, that Dom's the guy. And if uh, if if we have to go to him, um, he's he's ready to go. Our next question comes from Pierre LeBron with Canadian Press. Ken, is it true there's a rumor out there that you've gone from a buyer to a seller because of the four-game winless streak? Is that true? <laughs> 
You know what? We haven't played very good lately, Pierre. And I, you know, and actually, it was even before the four-game losing streak. I, you know, we won in Minnesota last Tuesday. I think we were, we weren't very good for for two periods. But uh, you know, over 82 games, uh, and everything everything evens out. So we probably won some games we shouldn't, and thought we played not not bad over the weekend uh, in Toronto and Anaheim, and didn't really come out with with much. But uh, you know, so far we're we're still a buyer. Okay. Uh, a more serious question, Ken. Uh, what are your general needs? I mean, obviously you can't throw out names, but uh, it seems to me just looking from the outside that maybe if the price is right, you could add a, well, this is a magical catchphrase, I guess, that all the GMs are using, but the the top six forward maybe? Well, I think everybody in the team is looking for it. You know, obviously scoring is something, you know, with the with parity, you know, um, the scoring is spread throughout the league, and I think everybody's got got probably three or four guys on their roster that you can kind of count on to score. And then, and then we're all looking for different people to step up. And and uh, you know, I think this time of the year, everybody can use a top six forward. And and uh, you know, you can never have enough enough D. And uh, you know, I look back to our, our run last year, the final four, when we lost Cronwell before the playoffs started, and we lose Schneider. Um, in the in the San Jose series, um, I thought that Markov and Chelios and Lilia did a tremendous job in stepping up and eight minutes. So we were fortunate last year we had really seven NHL defensemen, experienced NHL defensemen. You know this year we've really got six defensemen. Derek Meech is a rookie; he's played 20 games. We like the way he's he's played, but again he's 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 a rookie. So you know this time of the year you're looking for experience. Um, you know, again, who, everybody would love to have a top six forward or a, you know, a number four, number five defenseman. Everything depends on price. Our next question comes from Victor Fernandez with Erie Time News. Uh, in light of what happened to Richard Zednick, uh, did you get a sense from your team, the mood of the team, their thoughts on on what happened, and and how it affected them from a mental, emotional perspective? And the second part of the question is. Do you believe the NHL needs to consider in the future some, you know, additional safety measures, neck guards, things of that nature? Um, you know, I've, I talked to a couple of our players. I mean, obviously it was a horrific uh, uh, situation that happened to uh, Richard Zednick. Um, and, uh, but I mean, I don't emotionally, it, it didn't really, you know, I mean, obviously I think their their thoughts and are with with Richard, but as far as their own their own uh, situation, it didn't. Uh, I think I, I I think in our sport, a lot of our players, you know, we got players that are going high speed, um, and it's it's a physical game. And I think when you go out for the game, you you know that there's always I don't know you think you know, but but there's always the the chance that you could get. To, you can get hurt. I think that that's just something that you know the players grow up with the game and they 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 play the game. And you got guys that are six foot three, two hundred plus pounds, and they're 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 in tremendous shape and they're going high speed and they're banging and they're so there's a there's a chance that you can get uh, you can get hurt. Obviously, the, the Zednik situation is a bit of a freak injury in, in the sense it does you know it, it happened a long time ago. I think to Clint Malarchuk. Um, I played in the American League one year, and one of our defensemen had a similar situation happen right right in front of me. So it is something that uh, that's happened in our game, but you know, very very um, infrequently. Um, as far as neck guards go, um, I, I'm not sure what to uh, what. Again, it, it happens so so rarely that I'm not sure you need neck guards. But you know, I. I 
certainly I think probably a committee should look into it, and it should be something that, that you'd want to have players to weigh in on and and, uh, and people in the game to weigh in on. Our next question comes from Eric Duhatschek with the Toronto Globe and Mail. Answered this in, the, in your answer to Maddie's question, but over the years, has your philosophy uh, changed approaching the deadline? I remember you used to be a big-time player and, and have made some significant deals at the deadline. Um, you know, are, are you are you more cautious now? Well, Eric, you know, I mean, you look at last year. I mean, we traded Sean Mathias in a second-round pick to acquire. Well, it was actually a it was a draft pick last year with Sean Mathias. And then it was a uh, it was anywhere from no no draft pick if 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 uh, um, Todd Bertuzzi couldn't play in the playoffs it became a third round pick if he if he played in the first round and it became a second if we won two rounds it became a first if we got in the finals right you know so we found a way to to get a to get to get a deal done but you know Sean Mathias a good prospect but we thought last year for our team it was important to try to do something with with some impact because you know, we'd lost it. To Edmonton two years ago in the first round, you know, just before the work stoppage, second round to LA, um, and we thought that last year we had a younger team. You know, we, we've kind of evolved, and 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 you know, Eiserman has retired, Shanahan has moved on, you know, Fedorov has moved on. You know, if you think of our team just before the work stoppage, and and uh, we got a lot of younger players, and we just uh, Cronwalls and Lebdas and Samuelsons and Clearies and Fransons. And we thought that we wanted to try to bring in some experience and some physical presence. We traded Jason Williams uh, to bring in Kyle Calder. You know, so we were fairly aggressive last year. I don't know that you can be aggressive every year. And, okay. And I think we have to. That's what we have to determine here the next two weeks. Is this? Is, is you know? Do we? Do we? Be a little more conservative, or if, and I think that's why you work the phones. We've had our internal meetings, we've evaluated, we've gone through our list, we're sitting and waiting, and you know, eventually, when the when the phone call comes and you're on the phone call and you're talking to somebody and things start to go along, they've got something they're looking for, and you've got something you're looking for, and you work towards, and eventually, you 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 work to a deal. Or you get to a point and you say, you know what, we're we're out, we're, we've we've gone far enough. And I think it's it's the experience and the and the preparation that your staff does ultimately comes to gut instincts. Okay. And the other, just a, a quick follow up. Um, have, have you noticed any difference in terms of of your owners' response to this? Because you know, it seems to me that uh, that they too uh, would be looking at that more big picture thoughts than uh, than maybe that they were uh, prior to the lockout. Yes, I've talked to Mr. Illich and kind of you know explained the CBA and uh, you know our philosophy and and uh, basically uh, you know Mr. Illich has told me whatever our hockey department is comfortable with he backs us a hundred percent and you know in the old CBA Eric obviously prior you, you know we we knew we had there was there was eight to ten teams that spent salary wise what we did so we knew that that if we we traded some some younger players away we had. The, financial advantage where we could hit the open market on July the 1st and maybe replenish some of those things. Everybody's on a level playing field now and it, it does alter your thinking. And, and again, you, you know, you want to, you want to try and go for it, but you also want to try to, you know, you look at the, we, we were fortunate. We got off to a great start the first 50, 50, 60 games. We've, we've now come off it here. Uh, but it's, it's going to be a race every year to try to get into the playoffs and I think, you know, the goal is to try to be a playoff team every year and, and, and build a program. And, you know, I don't know that you can all of a sudden run for it one year because because it takes a long time to build. Our next question comes from Nicholas Holmgren with Swedish Television. 
Hello, Ken. Thank you for stopping by and talking with me and Kelly Hansen uh, in January. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it was nice to be there. Ken, <laughs> uh, uh, are you trying to get Pete Forsberg? Uh, we're a team that uh, I, I don't think he's got any, any interest in. Uh, I did have a conversation. I don't, I'm not sure. A couple of weeks ago, with his agent Don Baisley, and I think uh, there was a number of. My understanding is there was a lot of teams expressed interest. Um, and but in our own specific uh, situation, uh, Don uh, Baisley told me that uh, there were other teams that uh, Peter had more interest in, and, and uh, we were a team at that at that time that he didn't have any interest in. So I haven't heard back, and uh, uh, I mean, I just I just know what I read in the. Uh, in the newspaper, I just basically it is my uh, my feeling is we're out. We're not a candidate uh, for his services. He's got some other teams that uh, interest him uh, more. Could the rivalry between Detroit and Colorado before be a factor? Well, I don't know. I mean, you have to ask that to Peter. But that would certainly be my uh, that would be my guess.